here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey, this is the king of the mountain, Jeff Jarrett, the president and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Shake Them Ropes. Robin McCarron. Why not bring Virgil back? He's in the game. Cross-promotion. Bring him back. Jeff Hawkins. We have more stories for Virgil than we have half of our mid-card. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I don't know, Jeff. I don't know with your explanation how they can't bring him back at this point. This year is coming up, Virgil. He needs the money. Hello and welcome, everybody, to Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarron here alongside Jeff Hawkins via video, audio, and the internet, all bringing us together as one show here. It is episode 60. It is the 60th anniversary, which, Jeff Hawkins, do you know what the 60th anniversary means? The Lucha Mask anniversary. It's Lucha Mask. I'm a mysterious stranger from somewhere else. It's Lucha, but it's the (laughs) Diamond anniversary. 60 is Diamond? 60 is Diamond. that was 50. No, 50 is Gold, Mm. I think. All I know is 60 is Diamond. So what that means is the entire show today, we will be talking about Diamond Dallas Page and Paul Diamond. So you have all of that to look forward to here on Shake Them Ropes. Jeff, how are you? Well, we already had a Pat Tanaka story. We might as well get a Paul Diamond story in there as well. I don't know if I have any Paul Diamond stories. Um, definitely don't have any Diamond Dallas Page stories. So maybe uh, some Tom Brandy stories because that's close <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> No. Oh, and for people who watch this, I'm wearing a lucha mask. That's why I said that I'm about to take it off. It's yeah. it's far too constraining. For, for the video version, he has a lucha mask on. Uh, ShakeThemRopes.com, VoicesOfWrestling.com. A lot of stuff going on there as we head into the rest of January here. And there's Jeff Hawkins. Hello. Um, uh, shakethemropes.com slash YouTube. If you would like to catch our YouTube channel, we have the shows going on uh, video. <laughs> Uh, for those listening in the audio way that we've been doing for a year, you're not really missing anything as far as the content because we don't put anything extra there uh, except for a few clips here and there. I mean, you're getting the full show. So this is where we are concentrating on is the audio, but we have some video out there too. If you are so inclined to you know, catch YouTube at work and want to catch our show, uh, it's another way for you to do it. And Jeff Hawkins soon. You're just missing a lot of sexy. That's right, all. Yeah, and I'm well. talking about Rob, not me. Yeah, I'm pretty great. I have I'm at, watching you, Rob. At some times I've gotten, you know, a match on Tinder. So uh, let's <laughs> Yeah. And then two hours later they disappear because they were blocked because they're a bot. It's a sad life. It's a sad life, but what are you gonna do about it? Um shakethemropes.com slash YouTube, shakethemropes.com slash iTunes for our iTunes show. The audio podcast, even if you don't listen on an Apple device, go to shakethemropes.com slash iTunes. 
we ask you to be so kind, rate and review our show, because uh, that would help us out. And there's no cost for you to do so, so that's fun. Uh, on today's show, we are not going to be talking about Paul Diamond, but we are going to be talking about a lot of promos that occurred on Monday's Raw. It was a promo-heavy Raw, which is to be expected, I think, when you're a couple of weeks out from one of your bigger pay-per-views, the Royal Rumble. Uh, we were promo-heavy. We were not so much match heavy especially in the announcement of matches for the royal rumble we still only have two and we don't even have all the participants in the royal rumble what do you think about this card going forward jeff two weeks to go only two matches announced wow this is the worst build for a royal rumble i think i can remember what about you um well i mean it's it's obviously I mean, a two-match show. Some Royal Rumbles, you're only a one-match show. It's the Rumble and then everything else. So I think yeah. they have something to hang their heads on. Well, I mean, but I mean, even the Rumble itself in previous years, everybody was concentrated on that. It's my shot to get a main event at WrestleMania once they put that stipulation in. And you had mm-hmm. everybody doing a promo sort of revolving around that. And now it's just like they're avoiding that, I think, because they want to concentrate on one or two guys. And so... You know, why Why are these other fools in the Royal Rumble? That's what I want to know. I mean, are, are we really seriously meriting them getting a spot to go to the main event at WrestleMania? They have, I don't even think they've even brought that up as a stipulation. They haven't said the it. Match. They haven't said it so much um, because the concentration as far as the championship has been on Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar and John Cena. Um, I mean, you go back. Through recent years and some of the years we've had recently in the Royal Rumble, there's only been one or two possible winners that we've thought could happen. I think there's a few more this year. I mean, everyone that's currently announced for the Royal Rumble, I could see in a way, except for maybe Dean Ambrose winning. I can even put uh, put an argument out there for Rusev winning this match. So, you know, I I don't think it's... You can. I can get an argument in there for Rusev. If John Cena is going to win the title at the Royal Rumble... One of his more logical opponents at WrestleMania is Rusev, especially if you're going to go in the way of Brock Lesnar versus Brian, Sting versus Triple H. There's other matches out there that you can put on last, and even a Rusev-John Cena match. I mean, hell, we had Bray Wyatt challenging John Cena at last year's WrestleMania coming out of nowhere, and no one's going to tell me that Rusev would be any more surprising than Bray Wyatt last year. Right, but Bray also didn't win the Rumble necessarily. I mean, I I still think, think, think it's Brian or Reigns. I think it's fairly obvious. But, you know, it'd be nice to be a little surprised here and there. I wouldn't mind Rusev winning. Don't get me wrong. I think those are the two that everyone thinks are the favorites. And and I do also. I'm just saying I can make an argument for Rusev okay. winning. And he's probably right now my third favorite to do so. If John Cena is going to win at the Royal Rumble, because there's a lot of directions you can take everyone else. Um, I mean, Alberto Del Rio won a Royal Rumble when I don't know if he was the number one you know favorite going in. Sheamus won when he wasn't at all the number one favorite going in. If you're going to put the world title match on last at the Royal Rumble, you can have almost anyone win the actual Rumble itself because you're not exiting the show with the winner of the Rumble. You're exiting with the winner of the world title match. So you can have one of those outlining candidates winning the match. Well, I actually, I think the world title match thing stipulation ruins a lot of the, you know, the surprise factor of the rumble to be honest with you i'd, I'd love does for them it? to take take it away it does because you know it's only can be a couple guys i mean you're never gonna get kofi kingston winning the royal rumble because nobody wants to see him in a main event at, at wrestlemania I, I think it's the fact that we only have the one championship now when it was two champions yeah. you can almost have anyone win the royal rumble and then find a way to get the other title match set um 
you know, the the year Sheamus won. He got the title match with Daniel Bryan, and then you had your real world title later on in the WrestleMania. Uh, well, so, but that was a that was a bit of a swerve, though. I mean, especially when they had it on Del Rio, who was the favorite to be the next guy, and then they made him the <laughs> didn't they make him the opening match at that WrestleMania for the belt? I don't know if yeah. Well, is this the one against Edge? I believe. You wrestle believe. Edge? Was that Edge's last match? That was Edge's last match, wasn't it? You know, wrestling yes. Del Rio at WrestleMania, and then he had the uh, title match of Jack Swagger at a WrestleMania too. So he's yeah, had he's had some fun title matches at WrestleMania Alberto El Patron, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. But they were saying it's the main event or, or right. a title. A That's title right. Match. That's Something right. Yeah. Well, yeah, they always kind of flip the wording, kind of to to nuance it to what they really want it to be. So it's WWE. It's Vince McMahon. There's multiple main events. Just because you're not on last doesn't mean you're not the main event of the show. <laughs> <laughs> tell that to punk tell that to my third place vote getter and best non-wrestler cm punk oh uh, i saw that you're just being clever now hey uh you know no one's going to care it's a small thing if you're not a wrestling observer subscriber of course you don't care but it's a fun thing to kind of debate i i put my ballot up for the wrestling observer newsletter awards last night on shake them ropes so you can go see who i thought was the best and the worst of 2014 and uh, yeah, everything's out there for you to take a look at, argue against, tweet us up at Shake Them Ropes. But I put that out there. And yeah, there were some uh, not necessarily troll votes in there, but, you know, there there might have been a few that were trolling eh, controversial, if you will, <laughs> and maybe some for the sake of being so. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of these promos. Uh, that was the subject of one of the promos cut on me last night, but we'll get to that. Uh, let, let's talk about one of these, the more important ones. What I actually thought I'll go out on the limb and say on raw this week, Seth Rollins had his best work on a microphone since turning heel almost a year ago. Seth Rollins, the main event segment last night with the contract signing. What did you think about Seth's performance in that, uh, in that situation? It's interesting. I've been having a conversation about this. Uh, I liked, in fact, I loved his delivery. I think he was very, very smooth in that promo. I don't think he's getting to say a lot. I think, I think, see, my, my only issue, I thought, I thought, I agree with you. I think Seth Rollins did the best work of his WWE career Mm -hmm. last night. The problem is they positioned him as authority stooge instead of main event threat. Okay. And we went and we've been going over this for the past couple of weeks. Everything about that promo was about how genius he was to get the authority back. The authority is back. The authority is back. I don't want to hear about that in this promo setting up this three way. I want to hear about how, you know, and, and I, this also goes to a bit of the result of the lumberjack match. What does it hurt Cena if he gets pinned? It makes it makes the match far more interesting if, it, if without the wonkiness, I mean. Okay, I wanted I wanted Seth Rollins to be a bit of a stronger heel that could stand on his own rather than authority stooge. That was my only real nitpicky takeaway. But I thought Rollins, as I said, I think Rollins had great delivery, but he wasn't saying much with the with the script that he was given. But I thought he was he was he's very natural. He remembers his lines. He doesn't stumble. Right. Um, he sounds convincing. He sounds conniving, I, you know, and the, and even the exposition he was given was, you know, it, it, it made sense to what they were trying to get forward in terms of he's a schemer. I get it. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, he's he's great. 
doing this. He's a schemer, but he's also, I mean, he's a chicken shit heel. And this is this is Seth Rollins who, you know, will go into a fight thinking he can win, but when the odds slightly turn against him, he finds either J and J security or now Kane and some way to get out of it. That's what he does in the Lumberjack match. That's how he beat Dean Ambrose in the Lumberjack match in the middle of 2014. No, uh, and I, I and I understand that it's a problem with all the all the heels that aren't monsters yeah. that aren't the top monster is that they all have to cheat with the or they all have to have distraction finishes or mm-hmm. DQ finishes to get away from it. I mean, this is why squash matches helped the business so much in the in the 80s was because oh yeah, you can see that they actually do have some technical prowess against guys that are lesser than they are and that's what helps build them as credible and you don't get that anymore yeah that that may be accurate i I just thought you you hit it right on the head he's a guy who speaks very well as far as going back to this main event contract signing seth Rollins speaks well i liked when you know he's he's saying his piece and then paul Heyman cuts him off and paul Heyman is acting like the bigger guy and you know the more important guy and he's got brock lesnar right there next to him and even when brock lesnar spoke seth Rollins didn't back up Seth no, Rollins that was cool. Ground. That was good. I was happy with that. I was very yes. happy with that. And I was very happy with actually the background images of the authority when Seth goes, I haven't finished yet. Right. And he kind of asserted himself there. I really liked that little interplay. You, you like the the Seth, or not the Seth, but the Stephanie McMahon smile looking at, right at Paul Heyman like, oh, my man can speak too. I, yeah, yeah she I, was great. I, I, I was actually a little bit, and it was, I think Triple H even kind of mm-hmm. got a little smirk there a bit. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And, and it's starting to be one of these situations where, yeah, they took Seth Rollins in, uh, you know, obviously they had an eye on this guy. He could be a big deal, you know, storyline wise, Seth Rollins goes to the authority because they have the power. So they, he knows they're, they're the ticket basically to higher success than what he was finding with the shield. And now now Seth Rollins is making more of the focal front. I mean, you say he's still the authority lackey, and yes, that's true, but at least he's on the forefront now. He's not standing behind Triple H and Stephanie. He's the man standing up front while Stephanie and Triple H stand behind him. No, and I get it, and a little bit of this is 2020 hindsight. If they mm-hmm. had really turned him into kind of a games master type of guy when the authority was away and that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a smart enough heel where I can, I can now build my own thing here. And then when I bring the authority back, they can help me within that role as opposed to, I need the authority to help me. I need the authority to help me. I think that would have really served him because I think he's ready. Everybody's like, is is Seth Rollins ready to be a main event heel? He's there. He's there. All they need to do is let him be it. He's as ready as Randy Orton was when he was made a main event heel. Yes. And maybe even more so than when Randy Orton first started out. Uh, we go into someone who's ready to be a main event heel to someone who may not quite be ready to be a main event babyface. Uh, Roman Reigns last night on Raw had some promo time of his own and you know, had the segment with the Big Show. Immediately when he started speaking on Raw last night against the Big Show... He seemed a little bit looser. He seemed a little bit more comfortable. It, it's like he wasn't really getting lines to say. So he wasn't, you couldn't see him thinking about what he had to recite. And then he started speaking even more and telling a beanstalk story, told the Jack and the beanstalk story basically, and ended it with, he's going to kick big show in the mouth. You know, what started off promising and a step in the right direction ended up as just another Roman Reigns story time. And a lot of questions on Twitter a lot of questions out there wondering if they are purposely sabotaging Roman Reigns for an eventual heel turn 
I don't think that at all. But what do you think about Roman Reigns cutting a Beanstalk promo on Raw? Oh, we have to take half a step back, even though it's, it's... Oh, yes, we do. That We have to go to SmackDown. Okay. Thufferin' Thuckatash. Well, the suffering succotash line. I mean, this kind of goes in the same thing. Is what lines? Oh no, he's it's being all said, it's but... all part. It's all part of the same thing. Right. They're not trying to sabotage him. It's not sabotage. Is the thing uh, that the, the conspiracies are out there. It's not. It's not sabotage. This is, and this is what WWE has saw in their top babyface for the last 10, 15 this years. This is this is corporate pitchman song and dance guy mm-hmm. as your top face. This this isn't. Uh, yeah, this is personality. They they have a real problem in that all their guys with personality need toughness credibility, and all their guys with toughness credibility, they try and give this wacky entertainment guy shtick to, and and they just don't mix just yet. It, it we we we've been talking about this for two weeks now. It, it's too soon to be doing this to him. You have to establish him as a butt kicker before before he goes out to sell breakfast cereals and plushie dolls. <laughs> You know, it's <laughs> yeah. that, that that promo was terrible. And the thing is, you can't tell Vince McMahon that this is a because he's writing these because yeah. I know from a former writer on staff who didn't last too long and is of no name value whatsoever to anybody listening to this show. Vince McMahon will tell new hires occasionally, I'm going to show you how to write television. You think you know how to write comedy, drama, stories, compelling characters, whatever. I'm going to show you how. This is this is really good stuff, and right. he believes it, and sure. he believes this is really good stuff. Well, because he's been seeing it and writing it on his own show, you know, ever since The Rock was the top guy going into John Cena, is this is how the main event top babyfaces have spoken. So instead of trying something different, they're just trying to recreate what they feel has worked with Roman Reigns. And he might have the personality at some point one day to kind of pull this off. But The Rock started out with credibility first. John Cena started out with credibility first and then kind of morphed into here. You're not giving the Roman Reigns credibility yet. You're just starting him out at this point. That's been the goofy comedy and the storytelling without giving him a backstory for the crowd to really sink their teeth into yet. So while he may be able to pull this off five years from now, there's got to be a whole change in direction in what Roman Reigns is doing. Because it's not working. It's, this isn't main event of WrestleMania 31 Roman Reigns guy. And if that's still the plan, it's going to fail miserably. This isn't making me want to see a fight. And it's the, uh-huh. what is it, the what I like to call the Bruce Willis action hero smart aleck corollary. Uh-huh. And that they're, they're trying to make him, they're trying to make him a cool ass kicker. Right. And it's just, it, it, it's not, I'm sure he can pull it off. If you, I mean, when he's talking normal or whatever, and I don't want that right now. I just want him to 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 beat guys up, be a be the guy we want you to be before you're the guy that we think we should make you. That that's all I want. You can't evolve the guy until you give him a strong base first, right? And yeah. this this was just, I mean, and it's coming off hokey. It's coming off as bad B movie dialogue. You know, pun, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger dialogue. You're a giant. I'm going to climb your beanstalk and take your golden goose and shove it down your throat. You know, that kind of crap. I wonder if we're going to get, <laughs> um, because we've talked about how there's no matches except for the title match in the Royal Rumble. Are we going to get a big show Roman Reigns match early on the card? Uh, and 
whether it's just a match to get Roman Reigns over going into the Rumble, or maybe some type of you know predictor, is WWE going to put them on the show and see how the crowd reacts to Roman, and maybe have a plan B if he's the if he's the guy they want to win the Royal Rumble, and he does not get a good reaction, might they go to a plan B type of thing and talk about conspiracy theories? Uh, I I have to feel like this is leading to a Big Show Roman Reigns match at the Rumble just to get Roman Reigns a big win and try to get the crowd behind him into the Rumble. See, I thought they were setting up little storylines for within the Rumble, but well, you might be right. I well, mean, that's it's definitely very, possible. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think your, I mean, your possibility of just them throwing together a bunch of singles matches that don't matter. You got to have some. You can't just yeah. have the Rumble and then a three-way title match. I mean, the three-way title match isn't going an hour. So what else oh, are you going to put on the show? Have, oh, Divas. You have some divas on there, right? <laughs> but six divas matches. As much as I would like to see a Page Gauntlet match, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, I mean, you could do both. You could you could have a you know part B of the storyline be the singles match, and then have you know have Roman finish him off in the Rumble too. It's you know the best babyface promo this week was Sami Zayn. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I still have not watched all of NXT from this week. I watched bits and pieces, uh, but you watched NXT, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm it, we're, I'm just talking about the beginning of NXT right now. If you've seen that far, I don't know if you have or not. If you haven't, that's cool. I, I don't remember the promo, but yeah, it was Sami Zayn's big return, and you know, a segment had, with Adrian it Neville. Had, it had passion. Mm-hmm. It had emotion. It had believability. It was it was what you want a baby face with fire promo to be. Yeah. I get no genuine emotion out of any of Roman Reigns' promos. No. Or John John Cena's crappy promo either. Right. Well, at least we know what John Cena's personality is like. We have seen so much inconsistency with Roman Reigns because one day he's serious badass while still telling jokes. And then last night he's, you know, super cutesy joke telling story time Roman Reigns. He hasn't been the same person week to week yet. They're they keep figuring testing it. Yeah, they're wondering how this guy's going to deliver promos. At least we know what Seth Rollins is. We know what John Cena is. We obviously know what Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman are. We have right. not gotten one Roman Reigns yet. And the multiple Roman Reigns as we have gotten, none of them have worked. Except for the believe that, you know, ass kicker Roman Reigns for the first year and a half that got him to this position. The year and a half of Roman Reigns in the Shield got him to be a guy that could be a potential top babyface. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get into that a bit when we when we get into our reviewed match. But yes, I mean that's <laughs> it's like they're trying to take old rock scripts and go here, take this, you'll be the rock all over again. You're Samoan, you can be the rock, you can speak in the same way, you can do that cocky smile. Why not? Yeah, it's like it's don't make him smooth. Don't make him don't make him something he's not. Ask him what he's comfortable doing and then do it. Every It's not that hard. Every time Actually, you know what he needs to do is, what is a need? little it's a little improv trick that that you do. And 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 I find it's worked cuz it worked in the Sami Zayn promo. You say how you're feeling and then you 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 filter the rest of the things you say through that emotion that you've established right there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very angry right now, and I'm going to tell you something. Whatever you want to do, you you establish your emotion up front. Yeah. What kind of promo is this going to be? It's a happy promo? Okay, I'm very happy right now. You know, I just came off that big win on SummerSlam, and here we go. You know, and, and everything after that, it, it's a roller coaster. You have to get your momentum first after climbing the hill, and right. then everything is just momentum after that. 
it's very easy to do, but they they're giving him fairy tale time. Him, <laughs> I mean, we oh. should be seeing Roman Reigns promos like we were seeing Goldberg matches. Put him in there yes. for two minutes, may, and that might be on the long side. Put him in there for just a little bit of time, get to the point of what he has to say, and then let him have a four minute you know squash match with someone. Although I will say the Roman Reigns match last night against Luke Harper. Uh, Roman, dare I say, is kind of on a streak of pretty good Raw matches. It's two in a row. Two in a row you know, of good Roman Reigns TV matches on if Raw. All they, if all they had done after he came back from his injuries, play his music, he comes, walks down, mm-hmm. spears a guy, gets up, Superman punches him and leaves as the music goes off, he'd be he'd be the biggest star in wrestling We'd be right salivating now. for him to win the Royal Rumble, yes. even with Daniel Bryan in it. And and it's and it's and it's that simple. I mean, I don't even like I didn't like Goldberg squashes all that much, but they were effective. They they taught the audience this guy can kick your ass in a few seconds. Yep. And uh, well, they were a big deal because you knew he wasn't going to be out there long. So to get yes. our Goldberg fix, we had to watch this right now. We had to pay attention to it. He's not going to be out here for ten minutes boring us. He's going to be out here for two minutes being the best part of the show. And you knew which guys might take him a little bit longer because they had been established credibly. Oh, he's going against Ming right now? Yeah. Oh, Ming's a tough dude. This could go on a bit. I remember WCW promoted a, I think the very first one might have been, Ming Goldberg, and it was on WCW Saturday night. I think you're right. It wasn't even on Nitro. And I remember thinking, oh man, I have to watch this match because Ming's one of the tougher guys he's had to face. And you could promote something like that with only a week's build. They build it up for one week. We're going to have Goldberg and Mang on Saturday night. You guys got to watch Saturday night for this match. Mang, we've made credible. Goldberg obviously has never lost. And then here on Raw, we have Roman Reigns with a 15-minute promo segment. And then with no build whatsoever, beating a guy like Luke, Luke Harper, who's bigger than him. This should have been somewhat of a bigger deal. I'm not saying it's a pay-per-view match, especially not right now, but... Advertise it for a week after building up Luke Harper as somebody and Roman Reigns as somebody, and that could have been a bigger deal. Just do simple builds for a week or two. That's all we're asking for, and they're not giving us that. I mean, look, we 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 reviewed the match a few weeks ago with DDP and Goldberg. Yeah, and look how hot the crowd was for that. Yeah, you'd build in DDP up as the People's Champ, and you had the Unstoppable Monster. Mm -hmm. You put these two in the in, in in a match together, and you make them look like they're fighting each other, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is not all to say, yes, they can be doing a lot of different things better. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of negative talk on Raw last night. Is I mean, I, I, I just think, want one thing better. I don't yeah, care yeah. about many things. I just want little things better. But That's I, all. I want to say this because I saw a comment from, I don't know if it was Joe or Rich, but one of the voices of wrestling guys, you know, this is, you know, in promoting their review on their website, you know, Sean de- reviews another putrid episode of Raw. Did you think that coming out of Raw? Because I thought that was actually a step up as far as their recent presentations. I was not uh, hating on Raw last night. I thought it was a fine, entertaining show in a lot of parts. Uh, You had the big names on the show for almost the entire way. I mean, it was a whole lot of John Cena, a whole lot of Seth Rollins, a whole lot of Brock Lesnar. Uh, You had Daniel Bryan versus Stephanie in a promo battle, which I find highly entertaining uh, as Stephanie climbs atop the leaderboard for best non-wrestler of 2015. Uh, this was a better show, in my opinion. Yeah, but again, we, we've been over this. It's better than better than what it ab- has been. It's better yeah. than absolute garbage. Well, that's true. Which, yeah. which is slightly put- putrid. I guess. I I don't. 
I don't know if I was because uh, I was a little surprised about some of the negativity because I thought uh, I thought I it wasn't that bad. I, didn't, I, I found the show. I mean, I I watched it commercial free. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I found it tough to sit through at times. Oh, okay. Hey, that's fair. I, I was just curious because I, you know, I watch it live all three and three hours and 15 minutes last night. We had a long overrun on this show. I- I had a football game to watch. I'm sorry. Sure, there was there was some type of football game on there. Canadian football, is that right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Canadian. And, I mean, and, uh, I don't know who who had the worst promo, Reigns or Cena, and, and that Cena at the end, well, Cena at the beginning. No, Cena at the beginning was all kinds. You know, I tweeted out this this guy better not start out by telling jokes, and he wasn't far from it. He didn't tell jokes, but he was super we, happy, John having- Cena. Guys, my friends were all fired. We're yeah. having fun tonight. We're having fun. This is a big show. <laughs> Tweet out the hashtag authority sucks. I want to see you use that. It's not going to cause any real change, but hey, do it anyway. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's not going to do anything, but but just tweet authority sucks as if that's some sort of movement. He, he wanted to send the authority a message. You know? Oh, no. Not the message. WWE, WWE can pad their social media stats when they go in front of these corporate types and make it seem like it means something how about how about you send the message by beating them on a pay-per-view and then making the stipulation stick no we can't do that they're stars can't do that can't oh do my that. goodness cena putting over ziggler which again as we went over last week does nothing for dolph ziggler whatsoever on that note as far as the fired guys though lana and rusev last night um I thought that was a perfectly fine segment. You know, Rusev. Lana talks about how the Ryback match was canceled. They were supposed to wrestle on tonight's show, Ryback and Rusev. So at least it looks like they're continuing that. I mean, that screams match for uh, Fastlane coming up in February is Rusev and the Ryback still. So however he comes back, that's probably going to happen. But then we got what I've been calling for for so long is intense Rusev promo that not only makes sense, but means something. This guy is going into the Royal Rumble to kill dudes. I love the Rusev promo last night. It might not have been I, the biggest deal, but him no. showing that intensity, that was the NXT intensity I've been waiting for. Yeah, I think he's getting the Roman Reigns push in the Rumble, as, I, as I've said. He, he's going yeah. to be the guy to eliminate multiple dudes. I don't know how I feel about the Dean Ambrose being involved with Rusev thing, but as a stepping stone to Ryback. Well, I mean... <laughs> You know, that might be the next thing for Ambrose, too. Who knows? It might be just a storyline for the Royal Rumble itself because you got to figure at this point, the Ryback's probably not going to be in the Rumble match. Maybe I might be giving WWE a little bit too much credit, but I don't think he's going to be in the Rumble itself. So there's something for Rusev and Ambrose to do within that uh, match, I suppose. Something for Raw next week, maybe. You know, a little... There's a match with a no finish on the way as Rusev and Ambrose on Raw next week. The decline of Ambrose continues. Oh my God! Not these these segments, these, yeah. these segments, more Looney Tunes cartoons. <laughs> yeah, that kind of goes into our promo the uh, the Dean Ambrose psychiatric evaluation promos from last night, where they do the oh. obvious comedy of him turning the tables on the psychiatrist, and nothing gets accomplished. You know, Seth. It's all just a long way to get Dean Ambrose kind of on TV without him doing anything important. And entering into the Royal Rumble. That's one more person entered and complete is Dean Ambrose in the Rumble. I, and they had, just, they had just done this kind of comedy with Team Hell No. Well, it's almost it's been two years. So it's been long enough, right? No? Yeah? <laughs> Maybe? No. No. 
do something original. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who couldn't see this one coming off? I mean, the inside jokes were okay, but other than that... It, it was just something for Dean Ambrose to do on a show. I, I gotta circle back to the Cena promo. Yeah, the Cena promo. Because you and I made the same comments almost simultaneously because I put on your feed at, when I, while I was watching. I was like, wait, your plan is to win the title and then sit at home? Well, that was a funny thing, yeah, because he comes out talking... <laughs> He comes out talking about, you know, obviously all his friends getting fired. And then he tries to go into Mr. Serious mode. And, you know, he does the hashtag authority sucks, which to me was a blatant, you know, them trying to recreate the yes movement hashtag uh, from last year. So he's already gotten that out of the way in this promo. And then he says that he's going to win the title and go home and sit out with it just to defy and protest the authority. This is the John Cena, by the way who, when he was fired, didn't sit at home, comes right back. And now he's going to, you know, hustle, loyalty, respect, never quit all this, basically going to quit. He's taking the CM Punk way out. He, he recreates the CM Punk winning the title and leaving. Not to mention the fact that the current world champion is never on TV. Right. It, it combines the worst things of two of the la- last biggest champs that they've had, CM yeah. Punk comes back after a week because they had a tournament when someone right. went home with the title. So anybody who's been paying attention again, more than two years would know that. And Lesnar's never on. Oh no, our title holder won't be on raw. It, it was, it's, it's worked so far. Quite the topics to bring up for John Cena in this promo. And if he wins at the Royal rumble, which I'm not putting past, I, I'm a little, it's one of those unpredictable matches to me because you can make a case, obviously for all three guys winning, you can see how, all three guys winning at the Royal Rumble would play into current plans that we know about or that we think we know about for WrestleMania. Uh, at least so good on WWE for making a somewhat unpredictable main event, at least in my opinion. There's a lot of people who think John Cena might win. What if John Cena wins? He just cuts this promo saying that he's going to leave and sit out. He wins the title at the Royal Rumble. Think John Cena's not going to be on Raw the next night? God, I hope not. No, he's going to be on Raw <laughs> the next night. He's not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. oh, no, he's not. He's the face of the company. Face of the it's company. Best for business. John Cena's not I... going anywhere, so stop saying stupid stuff like this. Stop yeah, saying stuff that's never going to happen. Say... Stop giving us hope. No, well, not even that. I'm just saying. John <laughs> Cena, the pro wrestler, if you're going to say something in your promo, at least make it something reasonable that fits in your character. Don't basically say that you're going to quit and leave because you're not getting your way. You're taking your ball and going home because the authority is in power. Oh, because your bosses are still around. Rob, all the great Western heroes in, in movies, uh, when, when things got hot, took their guns and left town. <laughs> He's such a brave baby face going home to sit. Yeah. People forget that dirty Harry is only three minutes in runtime. Cause he just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> applicable only to me. I, I liked the line uh, that, that they were fired and they received no severance. Well, you fired them for cause. You, right. don't, get sever- you don't get severance pay for, for being fired for cause. <laughs> it's too bad the- for Dolph Ziggler that they taped all these TNA shows and he can't debut there for another month. Got nowhere to, <laughs> he's got nowhere to go. Where's Dolph Ziggler going to go? Lucha <laughs> Underground? 
He's playing here at Second City every Thursday. <laughs> true. He's got he's got more important things to do. It was actually not a bad show. I'm gonna go try um, <laughs> go try to get with Anna Akana somewhere and you know, just have cute little Dolph Ziggler Anna Akana babies. <laughs> uh, you know the Daniel Bryan interplay was pretty good. I thought too. We got the um, restart of the Daniel Bryan Authority uh, feud part two. My feud uh, of the year in 2014. Daniel Bryan and Stephanie. I I thought the troll job, by the way, from Stephanie coming out with the fitness DVD saying, Daniel, if you need to get your strength back, I got a great idea for you. My fitness DVD. Oh, it was awesome. This whole segment I I enjoyed until, you know, people are going to bash. Oh, you're doing Kane and Daniel Bryan again. Listen, it's a one week match. It's his return match. You're not going to give Daniel Bryan against John Cena or Daniel Bryan against Seth Rollins in his return match. Give him someone who he can beat easily. And that's Kane. And SmackDown. But I, I yeah, love the Daniel Bryan segment. He's back. He's ready. He's a full-timer. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I, I find them debuting him on SmackDown in-ring interesting. I know that they're doing it for eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different than when they did Roman Reigns' return to SmackDown. Because that was on USA Week. And that was live. Right. So there, there's a little bit more to that. Uh, you were talking conspiracy theories either. I have one here. Of course. That they're going to be doing a little bit of, uh, shall we say, scoreboard watching to see if Daniel Bryan pops a rating over at Sci-Fi for SmackDown. Because the past two weeks... He's going to. The, well, hold on. The past two weeks, who's been in the main event of SmackDown? Roman Reigns. Bingo. Oh. They may be... They may be well, they well they may be, uh, they may be they may have not yet decided who the guy is going to be. I, I mean that's an interesting point, and I think we're starting to see that now, where you know rumors out there were almost a hundred percent that Roman Reigns is going to be the guy to win this Royal Rumble. I think they have a plan for a couple of different guys, and as crazy as the creative team might be, I could see them flipping the switch on one of their plans the day of the Royal Rumble based on a number of different factors. But yeah, I think Daniel Bryan easily fits into winning the Rumble or going into a main event again at, at WrestleMania. But as far as you're going to Thursday nights, more viewers at home watching TV on a Thursday night, Daniel Bryan's first match back, I have to think there's no way this show does fewer viewers than the last couple of weeks of SmackDown. It's got to do more. You have Daniel Bryan coming back. His first match back was going to be the Royal Rumble which is not really a match that you can say, okay, this is the big return of a guy. You know, it's not a singles match. It's not even a tag match. Just Daniel Bryan going to be in the Rumble. You're going to get the same number of viewers to the network uh, for that show. But now there's you have... Fl- well, what I'm fl- trying to say is SmackDown, okay, SmackDown here. Yes, I think it's a good idea to put him on that show. You got to hype up the new night. It's not a WWE network show. It's not something that's easily on demand. So put them on that new night, get viewers acclimated to the new night of programming and give them a free, you know, four minute match with Kane. Maybe it'll go longer. I don't know. A four minute match, a win against Kane. Nothing wrong here to me. No, there's nothing wrong, but there's a flip side to that theory as well. Um, If, as has been rumored, they want to make SmackDown an A-level show, and I don't believe they do. I just, I can't see them. I, I just can't see them looking at, I mean... You're not going to be able to drive the ratings you get on USA that you're going to be able to drive on sci-fi. 
and you put Daniel Bryan in this position as being the guy on SmackDown, and he doesn't drive the ratings that you think he should be, do you blame him, or do you blame the plan? There, there is, there is a downfall to that. It, it's one week. We we don't have the no. brand split anymore. I mean, if the ratings going to be higher, it just is. Um, and a third question, and a third question to, to go okay. along with that, and you can address that on this. Might they put Daniel Bryan on SmackDown to take to to kind of get Roman Reigns from being over saturated or overexposed, and just be a pure Raw guy? No, Roman Reigns okay. is going to be on SmackDown too, and he's probably going to cut another promo on Big Show. Okay, I, fair I, enough. It, it's just not one of those things where you have certain talents on certain shows, except for John Cena and The Authority. Everyone's pretty much on every show now. Um, but yeah, it's a one week thing. Daniel Bryan's going to have a match. You know, I, I can see him being a more of a SmackDown guy going forward on the tape shows because he was kind of that way beforehand where D- Daniel Bryan gets the long match on SmackDown and he might have the short match on raw, uh, especially early on here. But yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with this to me. I thought the segment with Stephanie and Brian was great. I thought Stephanie's trolling job was amazing. You know, it sets Brian up as a top-level babyface again, you know, fighting Kane, who is still considered a, not necessarily a top-pushed guy, but he's still a big name on the roster. Um, and this is setting it up nicely. I, I've actually enjoyed the build for the triple threat match at the Royal Rumble and the build it's for fine. the current participants in the Rumble. Just the current ones. I thought it's been well done. It's just a matter of we don't have anything else for the Royal Rumble. We're probably going to have, I would imagine, a tag title match of some kind. Then we're going to have a Divas match of some kind. Uh, I don't know what else you can put on there unless you're going to take some of these Rumble guys and put them on the show, like a big show in Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Or maybe give Rusev a quick squash match or whatever you're going to do. I I, I just don't... Uh, we got to have something. I mean, we're less than two weeks away. There's only one Raw left, and we have two matches announced for the show. Right, and I think next week it's going to be a match with the stipulation of whoever loses gets the number one slot in the Rumble, and it'll probably be a Daniel Bryan match. Um, very, uh, very small thing. Not going to spend a lot of time on it. So last night after Raw, I, I posted my, my Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards ballot. Posted that up there, so anyone who had any interest, you can go and, and see that. Not expecting cool. many to. <laughs> I go on to Reddit, promote this. Hey, you know, fun little thing here. Go see if you want to talk about it here. I mean, fucking Reddit is a message board, effectively. You know, every time I go there, I try to take on the personality of a Redditor. You know, try to fit in uh, with with their crowd to see how that's going to work. It never does because everyone on Reddit's insane. Um. I post on Reddit. I'd like to apologize to our listeners who listen, who have found us through Reddit. You if all are fine people. Most most <laughs> people on Reddit are actually pretty good, but there's the insane ones, and that probably goes for any message board. Um, it goes for everything. But, but we get a response here. Uh, this is a quote from, who is it from? From Heroic Danger. Heroic Danger on the Reddits says... You're the exact problem with us as a fandom in that you have nothing original to say, and I'm sure a million different phrasings to say it in. So with that, Jeff, I guess we have to end the show. We have I'd like no- to thank Dylan Waco for that comment. Right. And, uh- <laughs> Not Dylan Waco. Dylan Waco would have found a smarter way to say something than what this was. Uh, oh, but yes, that, so I, I guess we have to end the show. No, this is why I didn't post. Well, I'll go on without you. Uh, <laughs> this is why I didn't post my ballot, fool. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I don't want people critiquing what I think. Most I people, think what I think, and then the hell with everybody else. I don't see a lot of people post it. One, because, I, you know, again, you know, people wait until Dave Meltzer releases his Wrestling Observer newsletter with the actual winners, and then they'll talk about it, which is perfectly fine. But I wanted to give, I wanted to show, you know, my selections before that happens, just to show, okay, how it'll differ from what ended up as the major result. And, you know, we got a couple of comments on Twitter about the voting. And, you know, as I've been saying for a year, my best non-wrestler was Stephanie McMahon. My best on interviews was Paul Heyman. And yes, you can have two different winners for that category. They are different categories. And, you know, I could go into that at some point if need be. But yeah, I just post my winners. You know, it got, as most things do, a negative response on Reddit because there was one, no body paint involved. And two, nothing about New Japan. So people love hating. People love hating. People love clicking that downvote button. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and and I'm not upset about it. I just thought that was uh that was one of the funnier comments. So I wanted to make mention of that. You know, people cutting promos on me, Jeff, as I sit here in what is now one degree here where I am. So, you know, for those watching on the YouTube version why I'm all bundled up, it is freezing here. I'm playing a violin for you, you I'm you sorry. Are. Why yeah. don't you uh, why why don't you turn your heat up, Rob? Why why don't you turn your heat up? Why can't you do that? Well, because my heat is on, but it's freezing. As you can see, there's a window behind me. Maybe it's not the best sealed window. Very very cold. You burn cold. that bed frame for firewood. The the wind chill, <laughs> the wind chill is negative fourteen right now. It's cold here in the Midwest. People know what's going on. It's cold here in the Midwest. That's why people move. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been happier um, than I was this summer when I went to those NXT shows because it's Orlando, Florida. It's warm. There's beaches on the way back into. Should go there more. Often. There's a NXT taping on what day is today? Today's the third on Thursday. Mm, road trip. Probably not. Okay. No, not this one, but oh he- boy, would it be, would it end up being worthwhile? I think so. Since I have you ranting and raving. Do you have me ranting and raving? You're a bit ranting and raving right now. I apologize, uh, everybody. <laughs> Especially to those on Reddit. Uh, I like Reddit. Hey, I'm on do, Reddit, so what are you going to do? do? Do you have any thoughts? Do you want to cut a promo on anybody about the uh, announcing changes on SmackDown and Raw? Um. Hey, I thought, you know, aside from certain... You know, JBL is JBL. What are you going to do? I thought Booker T tried hard and he was pretty good. I, I didn't think, I didn't notice it on Raw okay. last night that I've noticed commentary being awful so much over the last couple of years with Jerry Lawler and especially JBL when he was added. I didn't notice it last night. And last night would have been the one where I'm looking for all the bad things about commentary because it's the new commentary team. I didn't mind right. it. I think this team might work. I think Booker T adds a better presence than Jerry Lawler has in the last couple of years. Again, I don't care about SmackDown. You can have almost anyone on SmackDown. It really doesn't matter to me. I'm sure it's not going to be that great, but what are you going to do? Um, my question right now, really, and when it first came out, what's Tom Phillips going to do? Is he going to be a full-time backstage interviewer? Is he going to you know, combo host some of the pre-shows? Is he going to go back to NXT? Tom Phillips is the domino that's fallen in all this where you know I'm, I'm kind of interested in because I like Tom Phillips. Man, it's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic for me. I, I I get nothing out of these new teams. I mean, Lawler stinks. Don't get me wrong. Lawler's one of the worst 
and he has been for almost a decade now. He, he has T, his moments, though. Booker T's close. I mean, we've been through this experiment before when he was saying funny things, and then he just kind of went wild, and then they went, okay, he's a little too wild. We got to take him off. Right. I, I, right now, though, I have an exclusive for you. Right now, I have an... I have right here in my condo, Byron Saxon. Byron, say something interesting. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. What are you doing? That's the most interesting thing Byron Saxon has ever said on a WWE show. Wow. Right there. Right there. The man looks good in a suit, but he brings nothing. He, he does excellent work, actually, as a ring announcer, in my opinion. Oh, I think he's great at that. I'm talking as a commentary. But, oh, I know, as a commentary. I, I think he was doing well on the Raw pre-shows, now apparently to be hosted by Scott Stanford. Um, he's still around? Scott Stanford's still around. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Put him put him on a show. He's at least funny. Well, the thing is, you know, he also has a regular job uh, on TV in New York, I believe it is. So, I mean, it's the traveling that kind of... I don't think he all wants I to want, do. All I want is Byron Saxon to decide, is he a face, is he an entertainer, or is he a heel? Because oh. he goes back and forth between all three at one time or another. He did on NXT, he does on Main Event, and he's going to on SmackDown because producers don't know what the hell they want. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have too much to say about the commentary teams. You know, We'll see where Tom Phillips goes. I love Alex Riley on these pre-shows. Anything, anything he's doing as an analyst role, Alex Riley is really good. Commentary, he's not the best, but you can say that about a ton of these guys on commentary is they're just not that great. They're oh, no, just he not tries, great. Yeah, they're, what they're doing, they're, they're getting their stuff in as opposed to you know doing anything to actually help the guys in the ring. So as we continue, our top 100 matches to see before you die from WWE.com, we have gotten to... A another recent match, a somewhat recent match, Team Hell No. Yeah, Rob's gotten to by Reddit. That's what you're gotten to. Gotten to by Reddit, yes. <laughs> Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Randy Orton versus The Shield in a six-man tag from SmackDown on June 14th, 2013 was next up on the list at number 92. So we are working our way through these. Uh, we both watched this six-man tag. When I first... Saw this on the list last week because I actually didn't know it was on the list until last week when I read it for this show. Um, I thought I was trying to think back to this match because it was on SmackDown and I don't always watch SmackDown because I find it to be a pretty useless show for the most part. So I, I couldn't really remember what made this match special. I'm trying to think, why would this match be one of the top 100 I have to watch? And then obviously as commentary started, we've pretty quickly figured out why. Because this match, Jeff Hawkins, was the first six-man that the Shield lost. Yes. It was the first one that they lost. <laughs> I thought you had more with that. I no, that was the thing. That was the, well, I'm trying to think of myself. Like, why would this be on here of all the six-man tags? I and thought then, it was a mistake, too. I thought they meant the Ryback match from uh, the Ryback Hell No match from TLC. TLC I thought, right. oh, that should be the one that's on here. But uh, no. And... Uh, Boy, it goes to a lot of the stuff we've been talking about tonight, hasn't it? Uh, the commentary was god-awful on this show because they weren't talking about the match. They were talking about stories and mm -hmm. things. It makes you realize just how much more mileage they had out of the Shield if they had wanted to, for me. They they definitely had a lot of mileage going on. Uh, this you match... Go ahead. 
you could have done, you know, various levels within the group and group dynamic here as stories for a good two more years with the shield. I think, I mean, you couldn't have kept them undefeated per se, but yeah. you had a lot more as a unit and they were stars and they're bigger. And now they're separate and they're not as big. They're not as big as they were. And they're not as big individually as they were as a group. Let's go back and think that, okay, so the shield broke up last year in, uh, what was it? The end of, after June, after the June pay-per-view, I believe it was. So they break up in June. After extreme. They had, if they had kept going Mm -hmm. for even just three months, even just three months. Now injuries might play a part and other things might be going on, but theoretically we could be coming up if they had kept going for three months the culmination to a pretty hot Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose feud could be ending right at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And that would be a match that I think a lot of people were talking about right now. There's really not one match that a lot of people are talking about for WrestleMania. Maybe if Daniel Bryan ends up in the title match, that will be a big deal. And I think it will be, but you could have had with three more months of the shield, not only a hot shield group, but you could have been culminating a Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose feud, an important feud, at WrestleMania this year, just by three more months. Oh yeah. And you know, it shows you when you make a stable or a faction or whatever you want to call them and you make them strong and you, Mm -hmm. and you continue to keep them strong and you give them good matches, they get over. It's a very, they should have done this. The, the, the new day should have been a face version of the shield. Not to that extent where you're pushing them as the major, major force, but as a strong force. And they're dead because... Yeah, they're nothing. The yeah, new, they're The nothing. New Day's done. And, I mean, they're just going to be a mid-card, you know... Not only are they nothing... It's Kofi Kingston just, just in tag team form. They just killed your new tag team, too. That, that quote-unquote debuted on Raw the previous week. They just killed... Anything the, interesting about the Cesaro and... The Masters of the yeah. WWE Universe are it's the mid card tag team scene is just guys who are on the roster formed into tag teams who just because they're in the tag team now, doesn't mean they're going to be above where they were. It's just grouping them all together, grouping them all together. But this match on SmackDown, this shield team, hell no, Randy Orton, six man tag happened two days before payback, which is also the show that Chris Jericho and CM Punk, uh, they wrestled with CM Punk's big return. Uh, this was basically kind of a teaser for the two matches uh, between these guys at Payback with Kane and Dean Ambrose for the U.S. title and the tag team titles of Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan going against Rollins and Reigns. So it's kind of a preview in that in that way. Uh, this match and was... Yeah, and it's why the loss mattered. It, it was... This match mattered by the end of it. It was every Shield six-man you ever saw for the first, you know, pretty much 70% of the match. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Bryan gets the hot tag. <laughs> and well, oh boy Kane, Kane falls into the tag <laughs> hey, he falls into, hey still gets the hot tag yes and then this is where if they said that number 92 was only the last two minutes of this six-man tag I'd they'd be still be absolutely it. right yeah they would be no, absolutely this was right great this is great and of course any guy who does an aerial move now has to find a way to take an RKO off of it and that was just that was pretty darn great what Rollins did uh yep. off the top rope there you had the super top rope RKO from Randy Orton you had Daniel Bryan running completely crazy and wild, and this is mm-hmm. where this is where the upward momentum of the yes chance continued to really get strong as Team Hell No was turning babyface more often. Uh, you had everyone cheering like crazy for Daniel Bryan. Give me that 
had okay Kane here because there yeah. were times, you know, he was getting beat, but then it's like, wait a second, I'm a big man. I should be killing you fools. And right. he, and when he went into powerful Kane, it was, he was pretty darn good here. This was during the storyline where uh, Daniel Bryan was considered the weak, the weak link. link of the team. <laughs> so not only did this kind of put an end to the weak link factor, but you had Randy Orton involved. And anytime you can get smiling babyface Randy Orton involved in something like this, many buys. Big Randy Orton fan right here. But uh, yeah, this was crazy at the end. Daniel Bryan runs wild, eventually gets the win uh, with the yes lock. The fans are going nuts. Daniel Bryan's chanting yes all over the place. And then Lillian Garcia. We want to talk about women epically trolling males on the roster. Lillian Garcia in announcing this victory does not announce here are your winners, Team Hell No and Randy Orton. No, she announces... Losing for the first time ever in a six-man tag, The Shield. That was your match announcement, and it was yeah. awesome. The end of this, the final two minutes of this SmackDown episode, you know, if you just showed that to somebody, people would want to start watching SmackDown. It I was agree. awesome. Let me, let me ask you this, because this is a little fantasy booking type of thing. At the end of the match, when she announces that... Mm-hmm. Could you have had the shield try and destroy Lillian and have those three save her? Would it have been bigger or was it fine? I mean, or, or would it have taken it away from no, the ending it, of this match? No. Yeah. Don't have them attack okay. Lillian. First of okay. all, men on women ain't happening try, try, right now. No, try, try to. No. They get saved by the three baby faces. No, because the focus had to be on Daniel Bryan. The focus okay. had to be on those guys. And it was, you had Lillian Garcia basically putting over the importance of this for anyone in the crowd. I mean, yeah. if you were in that crowd and didn't know what the storyline was with the shield, you knew it because of this announcement at the end, like, holy shit, the shield who had been on the roster at this point for about eight months, finally lost a match. See, it's weird. Cause there's two things when you say, cause when I saw watched it this time, I thought, ah, oh, that's a little heavy at first, but, but, but the way you put it in terms of trolling made me realize two things. Number one, um, yes, that was trolling and that was a pretty good job of it. Number two, the live audience didn't have it shoved down our throats right. as much as the TV audience mm-hmm. did that the shields never lost. Yeah. Cause you had, you had to make it important for the shield losing because this right. also going into their pay-per-view matches, this would have made the casual viewer think that, oh my God, they just lost. There might be trouble. Maybe our good guys who we're fighting for can win those titles at payback. Cause the shield had all the titles they had the tag team titles. They had the U S title. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. trying and hoping for either Daniel Bryan, Kane, or Randy Orton to get at least one of those titles off of them. And now there was a there was a break in the armor, if you will. The Shield had just lost for the first time ever. How would that play into the pay-per-view? Not only did it help Daniel Bryan, as we saw later on in that year, but it put importance on the Shield as a unit. And it also put importance on Payback's pay-per-view, back when yeah. we still had pay-per-views. And this is something you aren't seeing now because we have the WWE Network. And, you know, pay-per-views don't really matter or whatever the fact may be. This was one, everything hit on the right cylinder in this match. If you have not seen or don't remember this 10-minute six-man tag from SmackDown, this absolutely belongs on the list. You should go watch it, if only for the final two minutes where Daniel Bryan goes crazy and then the final uh, stuff at the end. And at the end, the announcers didn't do a bad job either. I think they put over the importance of Daniel Bryan winning and the importance of why you should watch payback. Right. And it was, it was, you know, and Cole, I thought at the end did a good job on, on call when, the, when the tap finally happened, 
Uh, Cole really sold it well. And also, yeah. the ref in this match, Little Nate. It was. Charles Consummate, pro- consummate professional. Love, love watching Little Nate work. Yeah. As a, as a fan of the referees. That's why I, I was trying to throw that softball to you. As the fan of the referees, <laughs> there are certain guys that just make matches feel more important. Kyoto is one of those guys. Charles Robinson is one of those guys. Tommy uh, Young, for me, does that too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Earl Hebner. I mean, back in the day, Earl Hebner was excellent at that. He, Earl Hel- Hebner still had one of the best near fall counts of any referee because he didn't change his counting style. He wasn't a Scott Armstrong going in there who uh, absolutely, you know, when near falls are coming with Scott Armstrong with Earl Hebner, it was the same motion all the time with Mike Kyoto. It's the same motion all the time with Charles Robinson. It's the same motion. Every time you don't know that the near falls happening until it happens. And, and that's what I like in referees because they can really sell those top matches. And Charles Robinson is one of them. Are you a fan of Rick Knox? Um, well, uh, yeah, I think he's all right. Okay. The, the problem I have with the PWG referees and pr- problem I had, and this was a problem that I was never a part of because I'm super duper small. I don't like when the referees are so much bigger than the guys in the ring and PWG uh-huh. has a major giant referee problem. Okay. Because they have some big referees there who Fair enough. tower over a guy like Adam Cole. And, and that's what I don't like. I, you know, Jason Harding and I would talk about this is we like refs who are not the focus, who don't take up most of the screen. You want the refs to be the small guys in there. And, and you don't want refs who are like genuflecting too much also and like really taking away from the match with their hand signals and their calls. And, and we had one of those in, in match number 100. Uh, yeah. which was which was Kyoto, you know, yeah. just yelling too much and being too involved in the match. I like Kyoto because sometimes when he's yelling, Kyoto is just, you know, he's a ref. He's trying to maintain order. Charles Robinson yells a lot, too. And you can tell when Charles Matt Robinson gets his mad face on uh, the New Japan referees do that all the time is the New Japan's refs are super animated, but they don't take away from the match. Whereas sometimes you can get referees who are a part of the show. Rick Knox seemingly is increasingly being a part of the show with. Yeah. He does a few spots here and there. I, I and it, even though it's similar every time he does one, when Tommy young does a Ric Flair match, there are certain spots that young and Flair do, right. but they're always entertaining to me. <laughs> but I, I don't mind it so much with independence like this, like a Rick Knox and PWG because Rick Knox is a part of the show. He's one of those characters right. that, you know, he's their guy. I don't think you could have another referee come in there who. One could do anything like that. Like if you even a Bryce Remsburg coming back to PWG wouldn't be able to do that type of stuff because I think it would mm-hmm. be out of place because he's not their guy. But just, you know, that seems like the type of crowd that if they found one new referee and they started him on a match, the referee would just get a lot of crap thrown his way because Rick Knox is their guy. Ref talk only on shake them ropes. Hey, what are you going to do if, as a former next week? Referee, a breakdown of red shoes. Red Shoes. Awesome. is awesome as a new Japan. <laughs> yeah, the main event. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just a couple of plugs to get out of the way, and, and then we'll, uh, whatever else we have to talk about, uh, shakethemropes.com slash YouTube if you want to catch our uh, YouTube and video shows. And by the way, our YouTube channel, if you have an Apple TV like I do, if you have one of these you know, Chromecasts with the YouTube app or anything like that, you can actually watch our pretty faces in high definition on TV if you were so inclined. It comes in really nicely that you don't have to watch in your computer. If you're at home and looking for something to, to listen to or just want to put us on in the background, do it. We'd appreciate it. Shakethemropes.com slash iTunes. Uh, again, if you're not an iTunes subscriber, you can still go on there, leave a comment, rate, and review us. Uh, leave us some feedback. We would love it if 
I would like more feedback to know what's working, what's not working, what you guys want to hear, what we should talk about. If you have topics for us, that would be excellent. Uh, it at makes crap, getting through a raw easier. Yeah. At Crap Game 13 is Jeff on Twitter. At yes. Shake Them Ropes is my wrestling ramblings. Uh, at Let's Say Things is my regular Twitter, which I don't really use that often. But uh, all my wrestling stuff is on at Shake Them Ropes. Mine and, is a combination of the two. I apologize if you don't like my other yeah. ramblings. Political talk, if you want that, go to Jeff Hawkins uh, on Twitter. No, I don't do that much. I do a lot of sports talk for the most part or just ramblings in my head, but occasional political stuff. So ignore it. I'm not all that political. <laughs> New, New Japan coverage at voicesofwrestling.com. And then I'm going to start doing weekly main events again, trying to watch main event in one hour and write about it instead of waiting three <laughs> weeks and watching a whole raw of main event. Which just Why don't you volunteer me. for Lucha Underground or AXS's New Japan show? Why main event? Because I can't, you know, I don't have cable because I never watch cable TV, so I don't, uh, uh, I don't get mind. those shows. So, Question withdrawn, Your Honor. Exactly. Putting an end to that right there. Um, but I, I want to, again, thank everyone for listening to our show. Uh, we would love feedback at Shake Them Ropes or on our iTunes uh, reviews there. Uh, I think that's all for this week, Jeff, unless I'm missing something blaring. I didn't miss any... Uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin returns or anything like that, did I? Mm, no. I don't think so. All right. For Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins, stay cool, America. I've been a bad little boy. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.